This episode is sponsored by MJ's Progress Not Perfection Meeting Center Association. We are in our meeting center where we do all these meetings for mental health and addiction. I can do this podcast anywhere. I can do this at home. I can do this in a closet. I can do this in a basement. It doesn't matter. All I need is somebody else to talk to about addiction and recovery. What I can't do from anywhere is help people with their addiction and their mental health problems. So if you can help out, you know, we do have a Venmo, we have a Cash App, we have a PayPal, we have an address you can send a check to. And, you know, all the money that gets donated goes towards rent, goes towards keeping the lights on, and goes towards keeping the internet on. So please, you know, if you can get five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, it doesn't matter. Anything you can is so appreciated. If you are a local business, if you're a national business, whatever, and you want to be a part of what we're doing, you know, you can reach out to me and we can talk about how you can be a sponsor. But I'll let you get back to the episode. All right. Welcome to the show, Rochelle. Thank you for having me. So, what is, how long have you been sober for? My clean date is June 3rd of 21 of this year. Okay, so uh, you're coming up. Five months and 11 days, I want to say now. Okay, so you're coming up on six months then. Yeah. You'll have six months in December. And this is when the episode will be out is in December. So you're coming up on six months. So yeah. <clears throat> is this is this your first time getting sober and having this much time? Um, actually no. I've gotten sober twice before and it was because I had gotten pregnant both times. So it's like I had I had to get sober. Like it Okay, was easy for so me to, like, yeah. Yeah, it was easy to, like, quit cold turkey as soon as I found out that I was pregnant both times. But I always would relapse right after. Okay, so, yeah, you weren't necessarily, like, sober. You were abstinent because, you know, you were carrying children and you were being responsible. And, you know, the children being healthy was more important than the drink or the drug, which is cool. Because that's not the case for everybody, you know. And, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that will go through a pregnancy with using or drinking um was was alcohol like your biggest drug of choice or was there a drug in there too um actually my doc was meth and weed but more meth (laughs) yeah yeah i mean the good thing is how was psychosis then the first two times quitting like cold turkey while being pregnant like did you go into psychosis those times or What do you mean by psychosis? Like, I know, you know, I, I've never personally done meth, but I know a lot of people who have, obviously, and have <laughs> been on the show. And from what I'm told, you know, what part of their come down, their um, their recovery was their mind. You know, like when you if you went to rehab ever, you know, for meth, you're not withdrawing physically from meth. You're withdrawing mentally from meth. Now, yeah. me, I'm going into rehab with, you know, opioid withdrawal, which lasts five to 14 days. Usually, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and once you get through it, the, the hard parts through, which is your body and reacting to it. But meth, you know, you go into rehab and you're not having any of those body aches and the body pains that I would have. However, you have to deal with psychosis with your mind telling you tricks for like yeah. six to nine months, you know, where people yeah. will get sober from meth and they'll have psychosis like type things where they're seeing shit or hearing shit that's not actually there or 
at all. And it's because they're still coming off meth. So it sounds like you were going through those psychosis while also dealing with being having pregnancy brain. Like that's a lot right? for your mind. <laughs> it was it was not easy, but both times I um because I've always believed in God and both times he's helped me through both of my pregnancies and especially now that I'm in my journey of recovery. I don't know, it's it's crazy because like it wasn't really that hard to stop when I was pregnant. I don't know, it's weird. Well, how old are your kids? My daughter is going to be three in December, and my son is eight months old now. Okay, so you gave birth to him back in March. Yeah, and I relapsed right after. Right after, and And, and you must have went really hard for three months for you to quit again by June. Yeah, uh, actually, um, it's a crazy story. My kids actually got taken away from me by CPS, and um, I quit cold turkey again. Like, it was God literally talking to me, you know, you don't, you know, I just already didn't want to go back into that lifestyle anyways. And um, so when my kids had gotten taken, I quit cold turkey, and I've been sober since, and I've gotten my kids back, and I've actually gotten engaged in, like, recovery things, you know what I mean? Like, NA meetings, um, therapy or counseling or whatever, everything that I was looking for back then, you know, even during my pregnancy. Yeah. Now, so what did happen? Like, because for them to be taken away and for you to be like, okay, I quit. Like, can you tell me, like, what was going on, you know, June of this year before your kids got taken? Like, you had your kids? Um. Man, it's a really tough story. It's a long story, but, um, like, how do I say this? Because, like, I really don't want to put down my baby daddy. No, you don't have to. Yeah, but, um, we've always been, like, kind of bad for each other. And when the pandemic hit, like, he came back in our life or into my life or whatever and my daughters our daughters and like um i don't know i just i had relapsed and i was concerned about my son's like fussiness and stuff one night and i took him to the hospital um the day before memorial day and they told me that my son was fine that his ribs were fine like they did an x-ray and everything and they told me to follow up like the Tuesday after Monday because it was a holiday or whatever so we took him to his doctors and the doctor examined him and said that everything was fine and then um I just felt like he wasn't getting better and the doctor said to take him back to the ER if like he wasn't getting better so we did that and the second hospital that we took him to ended up saying that his ribs were fractured somehow like and I just it's that part is still an like an unresolved mystery still because I'm still fighting my case right now but um like my baby daddy had um old warrants so they ended up taking him in for that and, and like 
that's how that whole case opened up. <laughs> it's a crazy story. Well, that makes sense because then, then they have to go and see that he get injured at the house or yeah. something like that. Is he being harmed? Did he get hurt? Um, so they didn't even get taken from you because you were high on meth or. No. Okay. I mean, it turned out to be like, you know, I got questioned and stuff asked about, um, if, you know, I do drugs or whatever, and I couldn't lie about it. Yeah. I mean, well, honestly, it was probably on your face. It was probably, probably. on your, probably <laughs> yeah. on your eyes. You know, right, they, yeah. you know, we don't realize sometimes when we're in the thick of it, what we actually look like or sound like sometimes, right? you know, <laughs> and I feel like sometimes when you start doing some retrospect, you're like, oh, wow, I can't believe I went like <laughs> I did that for I had a court case. I got arrested, you know, in addiction and about a month before I got sober the first time and um you know, I went to court two weeks later, high off my ass. You know, I didn't even, I, I went to, I ended up going to court at nine months again, a lot of it dropped. But when I was there at two weeks for my preliminary hearing, I was high as a kite, you know, <laughs> sweating bullets in the courtroom. And I'm thinking like, this is okay. This is acceptable. They know that I do drugs because they arrested me with the drugs. No, it wasn't okay. It wasn't acceptable. <laughs> You know, that's just the way it was. So when did you get into, you know, meth? How old were you? I was about, I want to say 21-ish, 20, years old. And, man, before I had my kids, I was so bad. Like, um, like my, my kids' father and I, we were best friends throughout our whole, like, addiction well my addiction and um i used to do more than meth honestly <laughs> i used to do everything that was there yeah yeah are you one of the are you one of those like you know whatever's in front of me i'm gonna do kind of person yeah yeah so i and i get that you know but we all have our you know what we want want let's be real yeah, because, like because i wasn't really a big downer person Okay, and I wasn't an upper person. You know, that's the thing is we all have I and the only time I ever did coke was because I was mixing it with, you know, pills. <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah. I wasn't like I wasn't that kind of person I need to be speeding around, you know. I I want to be sunken into a chair and throw on a show for 12 hours, you know. Um and I still do <laughs> want to do that but in sobriety because I <laughs> there, you know, that's something I been since I was two years old, I would just sit and just watch TV for hours and not, you know, make a sound. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what what was it that got you into drugs, though? Like, I got into drugs from drinking because drinking wasn't working and I was seeking them. But what was it for you that you were like, I'm going to do drugs now? Honestly, I, I think it was because I was insecure about my weight. Okay. And, <laughs> like... And, no, no, and meth is a big for people that don't know. Like I, I know people, a lot of people, that have straight up said, "I started doing meth because I needed to lose weight," or "I started smoking <laughs> cigarettes because I needed to lose weight." So that's definitely, you know, a, a real thing. You know, insecurities, you know, will drive us to drugs. You know, to try to escape what's in our mind and what we tell ourselves. Yeah, 
that and I feel like um, I wanted to numb a lot of past trauma pain, like childhood stuff. Did you grow up with that? Would you grow up around drugs or alcohol? Like, what did actually, you? Actually, no. Um, okay. I was actually taken from my mom when I was seven years old, and I ended up going with my aunt and my uncle, my mom's sister. And um, I grew, or they raised me from seven years old till I was about 14 years old. And then when I was, when I turned 14, I had the choice to go back to my mom or not. And I, of course, I chose to go back with my mom and um, we really bumped heads and didn't get along. Uh, Why is it that you think you chose to go back with her, even though, did you know that you were going to bump heads or... Well, because I knew that she was into drugs and stuff. That's why and I had gotten taken. So you yeah. figure if you go back with her, she's the fun one. going to let you do whatever you want. Maybe. Yeah, that or like I just wanted to be with my mom. Like I didn't really think that deep into it until I got there. <laughs> and like I ended up working at a very young age. I was like 15 years old helping out, paying the bills. And I feel like I just never really um, like I had to grow up kind of fast. You know, so, and I was taking care of her and my brother. Um, I just always felt like I had to take care of my family and my sister, too. But, um, Are you the oldest of your siblings? Yes. Okay, yeah, I find, I am, too. So, I get Are that. Are you? <laughs> yep, yeah, and I just talked to somebody else a little bit ago, and she was the oldest of hers. You know, and I feel like that's a lot of us. I feel like, you know, we almost feel like we're left out early on. Yeah, what is up with that? <laughs> well, you know, it depends on the person because I love the independence. Like I said, I love being alone. So for me, being alone was never a trigger. It's something that I welcome. You know, I'm happily married, but, you know, I do love being alone too and isolating, but in a healthy way. Yeah. Um, like I, I'm three years older than my brother. He needed attention. He was like, mom, 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 mom. And then for me, it was... I'm just going to sit and watch my shows. Don't bother me, you know, at three years old. And so for me, I was already pulling away at a young age and wanting to find my own way as opposed to my brother and sister get caught up in the, you know, luckily for them in the, like, I'm the last boy. I'm the last girl. We got to make sure that, you know, cause there's already one, another boy. We're going to have another one of them, you know? <laughs> so we got to make sure they're good. Yeah. So, my brother, you know, he's doing great and my sister does great. So I'm glad that, you know, if I had to be the one to take the hit for both of them to do great, then so be it because I'm happy with where they're at. I and feel I, you on that. Yeah, I mean, and plus sometimes the older ones, you know, are like the stronger ones because we've seen more, been through more. So it's easier to me, for me to get through this shit than I could see my sister trying to get through it or my brother trying to get through it. So I don't want to see that. Yeah, I can't even imagine. This. Yeah, so now the difference when you're quitting this time is different from before because you're now you're doing NA, right? Yeah, I'm doing actually Celebrate Recovery. Okay. A new church that I've been a part of. How's that going? Uh, it's going really good. Like, God is doing so much work in my life, and I feel like now that I've gotten the taste of um, – recovery this time like I just want more of it you know like I'm always seeking um you know ways to build my recovery 
you know? Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, because I we met, you know, on TikTok, and <laughs> I've been seeing more and more people in the community there, like, every single day. It's awesome. When did you start posting on there for your recovery? Like, um, when did you start making TikToks about your recovery? What what inspired you to want to do that even not everybody even does that you know like i know right <laughs> yeah. yeah um well the more recovery days that i've been getting like um you know i get flashbacks or i get like i start reminiscing on things like you know in the past or whatever and i'm just like dang i used to do that stuff and like and then i start to think about the people that i knew and like and then I think about, like, dang, I wish they knew how it is being, you know, in in recovery or, like, you know, just trying it out. And, like, I feel for them, you know. I feel sad that, like, they're, they're still stuck in that addiction and um, not knowing if they're ever going to get out. And so I just, one day I was like, you know what, I'm just going to share my, my journey on <laughs> TikTok, like, you know, so so I could share my light with those who are still stuck in the dark, you know? It's, know. it's, it's no, and, and it's been a great place for recovery for especially younger people. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you're not going to see old timers on TikTok posting <laughs> TikToks about NA or AA, let's be honest. Um, it's very rare that you will. I mean, I have seen some, um, but I do see more 20 to 30 year old, and I'm yeah. 35, um, so like, I'm even out of that range. Um, which is fine because I am more of an in-person meeting person, you know, like I can make videos and, but usually you, you see my TikToks, my TikToks aren't anything that's extra creative. I'm just taking my podcast and throwing <laughs> yeah. up and throwing clips up from my, from my episodes. Um, not to say that it's not, it's easy because the clips that I am taking, I have to then make under a minute. And sometimes yeah. I'm taking a three minute long clip and I'm cutting it down to under a minute and it's not an easy task. Um, but it's worth it um, because there's so many people on there that are getting sober, not by going to meetings, which is what I do and what I recommend, but they're sober because they're on their phones all day and they're seeing themselves on their phone. You know, it's been really helpful because now there's people that are able to find so many people in recovery on there that are doing so many different ways, whether it's Matt or whether you're just cold turkey and you're quitting and you're completely absent like you or yeah. your cannabis like me, you know, everybody has a different like. Or God. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, you're you're very religious and I'm not. And it works for both of us. Yeah. And that's the point is your addiction looks different than my addiction. So why should your recovery and my recovery look exactly the same? Yeah. You know, you call your higher power God, I call him Bill Murray. You know, I got him right above <laughs> me. So, like, you know, but still, we can still stay sober. Whether you call him God and I call him Bill Murray or someone calls it a doorknob. You know, right. so there are the, the atheists that will call God good orderly direction. You know what I mean? Just to make themselves feel better because they're not saying God. So... Anyone can get sober when you want to and you find support. I think the finding yes. support yes. is so important and so underutilized or undervalued, whether it's AA, whether it's NA, whether it's Celebrate Recovery. 
you're the first person I've had on that celebrate recovery, actually. Can you tell us more about what that is comparatively, how it's different? Yeah, because um, I do go to NA sometimes, but um, celebrate recovery is more not focused on just um, addiction recovery or alcohol or alcoholics or whatever. It's um, like if you suffer from PTSD or codependency um self-harm like everything that you can think of like it's all there and we're all there you know and it's crazy because like it is it's a lot different than any and stuff because um because it's a whole bunch of other things <laughs> you know because I mean with addiction and with alcoholics or whatever like there's more to that I mean it's yeah it's mean? There's the underlying issue of the, you know, it wasn't the drink or the drug. It was the yeah. why. It was the why. Yeah. So is Celebrate Recovery is more about the why. This episode is sponsored by MJ's Progress Not Perfection Meeting Center Association. We are in our meeting center where we do all these meetings for mental health and addiction. I can do this podcast anywhere. I can do this at home. I can do this in a closet. I can do this in a basement. It doesn't matter. All I need is somebody else to talk to about addiction and recovery. What I can't do from anywhere is help people with their addiction and their mental health problems. So if you can help out, you know, we do have a Venmo. We have a Cash App. We have a PayPal. We have an address you can send a check to. And, you know, all the money that gets donated goes towards rent, goes towards keeping the lights on, and goes towards keeping the internet on. So please, you know, if you can get five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, it doesn't matter. Anything you can is so appreciated. And if you are a local business, if you're a national business, whatever, and you want to be a part of what we're doing, you know, you can reach out to me and we can talk about how you can be a sponsor. But I'll let you get back to the episode. But I wasn't sure of like what the differences were between if I was to sit in an NA meeting or if I was to sit and celebrate recovery and if I was to sit in those rooms, if I was to look around, if I was to, what would make it so that I knew I wasn't in NA and I was in Celebrate Recovery? Do you know, like, we're obviously I'm not, we're not going around saying I'm JD and I'm an addict because that, <laughs> yeah, you know, would be a difference. But well, with um, Celebrate Recovery, they, um, what we do is, um, they separate like the women and the men. And then they do, like, their own thing. Like, they keep it separate because, like, um, our thing is, like, a lot of women's problems are because of men. Or, like, vice versa. You know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. No, that yeah. makes total sense to me. And I I completely i am on board with that kind of thing. And it's, it's almost because, you know, it, it's... <laughs> There's a thing called 13 step that happens in the rooms a lot, unfortunately, where men will try to sponsor women and then take advantage of their position and take advantage of them. Um, there, there was a whole documentary um, my wife and I watched. I believe it's on Tubi, like T-U-B-I, the app for streaming. Um, and it's called 13 step. And it's all about you know, women that have been taken advantage of some oh my God, killed. Are you serious? Yeah. From, wow. you know, men in the rooms. So, and it's, and it's not just alcoholics. It says the problem is a lot of the times, you know, if, if we go to meetings, people will go there with court cards 
you know, because they're mandated to go to 90 and 90 or 30 and 30 because of DUIs or whatever. However, our wonderful court systems that are in our country, they also like to take child molesters and be like, or, you know, domestic violence abusers and be like, you're mandated AA so we can keep an eye on you every day. So there's people sometimes that get mandated to go to AA meetings when they're not actually alcoholics. They're just criminals, and they're being mandated for this just so the courts can keep an eye on them once a day. Yeah. You know, so that's the dangerous thing that sometimes happens, and you got to be careful of. We have separate meetings for that kind of thing to be careful. We lock doors during meetings, that kind of shit, Um, because you never do know, and people – are fucking weird, man. I don't know. I, yeah, I'd just rather be crazy. safe than sorry. NA is a great community, and where you're at, though, you know, we don't have to even say where it is, but I know where it is. And I've had a bunch of people on the show actually from where your area that go to NA oh, really? in your area. Yeah. No um, way. That's cool. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think of, and I can take this out in editing. Um, CC definitely goes to NA. My friend Cecilia. She's this little Hispanic girl, Latina, and she's a, she's a fireball, very loud. The voice does not match, you know, where the, where it's coming from kind of thing. She was on an episode um, in September. I know her from rehab. I met her in NA meetings when I was in L.A., and then we became friends. So, But now she lives in Vegas, and I'll take this oh, part really? out. I said Vegas, yeah. Um, but now she lives in Vegas yeah, and an hour away from there, an hour and a half. Okay, yeah. She goes to meetings out there. I had another guy on that goes to AA in Vegas. His name is Kelly. He's like this old school like biker dude and shit, but he's out there in Vegas <laughs> too. And I could have swear. Have you been to Laughlin? What? Have you been to Laughlin, Nevada? No, I've been to Vegas. Oh really? Even I was out I was out in Nevada. In 2007, I was right about to be 21. I was a month before I turned 21 when I was Um, in Vegas. Yeah, so it was August 2007 when I was there. And I couldn't drink or get... I was with my family. (laughs) I wasn't... You know what I mean? My wife got married in Vegas, her first time being married. You know, a planned wedding in Vegas. It's never really, I don't know, appealed to me. I I love gambling, but that would be bad for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) I like, I can't gamble in Vegas. I'll just sit at roulette all day and I'll just lose all my money. So, no, I know, I know it's a sobriety is not just about putting down the liquor and the, and the drugs. It's about being self-aware. Yes. No, knowing the shit that you can and can't do, the people you can and can't see, the places you can and can't go, and being honest with yourself, you know, because, true. you know, there's so many times where I'm like, oh, I could do that. And then in my head, I'm like, you probably shouldn't do that because <laughs> right. X, Y, and Z. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't <laughs> do that. You're right. You know, I, I now, and that's the thing is I listen to my subconscious now. I knew when I was doing drugs for 10 years, every time I was sniffing that pill, I should get clean. I shouldn't be doing this. But it's not going to fucking stop me. My, I would tell my subconscious, shut up. I'm going to get high real quick. I'm going to shut, <laughs> I'm gonna shut yeah. you up real quick. 
I know how to turn down that voice. Right. You know, and it was get high. So, you know, when looking back and these are the things that you have to be self-aware of in recovery, you know, you're still, you're still six months in and this is your first time really doing it for you and not, I mean, it is for the kids cause they got taken. Um, but yeah, still because, it's not like, for the kids cause they're inside of you. Is yeah. what I'm saying. There's yeah. a lot of parents that lose their kids and they're like, well, I'll see them when I see them. See, and that's exactly what, that's what my biggest fear was, was to lose my kids. And that's why every time that, like, I had relapsed after my pregnancies, like, that was my biggest fear. And I almost feel like I kind of manifested it in a way because I was so scared of that, you know? Because, like, I know a few people that still to this day have not even tried to fight for their kids and, um... That look, I just got the goosebumps just saying that because, like, that's another big reason why I want to pursue my sobriety so I can show that to those who think it's impossible to get their kids back or fight for them. And that's the thing is, and I hope the people that are watching and listening understand that these people that you're talking about and I'm talking about, it's not that they don't want to fight for their kids, it's that they don't know how or where to begin. Yeah, or how you know, it's gonna happen, or you know, it's see when you're at that bottom and you're looking up and you see this giant fucking mountain, and that mountain is made up with court fees, lawyers, CPS, interviews, jobs, clean piss, getting sober, staying sober, you know, being of sane mind. You're looking at this mountain of things, and you're like, I can't do it, so I'm just going to get high again. Yeah. You know, it's the only thing you can think of at the time sometimes. And then the next day, you know, recovery is one day at a time. All we have is today is because it's the same in addiction. All we have is that day. One day at a time in addiction. You know, it's there's so many times where you're in addiction and you're just like you're looking at that mountain of that thing you need to do. Getting that kids back to the top of that mountain. It's going to take me all of this to get there. But the problem is, is getting your footing and getting started because then you're going to be like, I'm just going to get a high today. Look at this mountain. Fuck this mountain. I'm going to get a high over this mountain. And then the next day you're like, should I start climbing it today? And then somebody will like cut you off or give you the finger or something stupid. And you're like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to get a high again. You know, and then you put it off another day. And then all of a sudden it's three years down the line and your kids haven't seen you in three years. And you don't even yeah. realize it's been three years because you've been living your addiction one day at a time. Yeah. You know, and so I'm not even blaming those parents. You know, that mountain looks like, you know, the biggest mountain in the world when you're looking up at it the first time. But the important thing that you did was you just got into the work and you started chipping away right away. Little things. Yeah. And I, I really didn't know how the hell I was going to do it, to be honest, like. Well, what did you do first then? How, like, you know, your kids, when, what day was it that they come in? They they say, okay, sorry, bro, we got to, you know. The day that I quit. (laughs) I mean, they took my kids. And then from that day, I was like, fuck that. Like, I am not fucking with drugs. I don't want it. Like, it's always brought me down. It's never gone me anywhere, (laughs) you know, and it's just not worth it. 
and seeing that I was that kid also who, who's gotten taken, like, I want to... You, you were know, perpetuating sure. you were perpetuating the cycle as opposed to stopping the cycle. Yeah, and that's exactly what I want to do is break the freaking damn cycle. <laughs> now, how long it was it from the day they took him to where you could actually see him again? Um, it was almost um, I want to say I was able to see them right away actually. Okay. Because but... um my urine test came out clean but my hair test was super dirty <laughs> but um yeah were you able yeah. to get th- were you able to get them back when your hair test came back super clean too no i actually don't fully have them back yet my sister thank god like she came out here to temporarily temporarily live with me to be my safety monitor because we still don't know what happened with my son's ribs and like I I don't know. It's just crazy. I really feel like God made all this happen for me for a reason because, like, he, has, he obviously has more planned for me and my kids, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and for sure. I mean, and, yeah, you don't have them back, but you, you can you spend your days with them. Yeah, because um, my next court date is actually December 1st, and my last court the judge literally said um depending on everything that i'm engaged in that he ordered or whatever um the case could be dismissed as if it never happened and that's when i felt like it was literally god like talking to me like you know what judge says that you know (laughs) a very confident one (laughs) a very i'll tell you that a very confident (laughs) judge because there are some judges that they are going to tell you always the worst case scenario is they, they'd rather, you know, set you up and tell you all the things that could happen, you know, expect the worst kind of thing and then deliver not the worst this way. It's like, Oh, that was better. I only got 10 years in jail because you said 20, you know, <laughs> yeah. but really, you know, cause if, if you were to go to the judge, you're like, I don't know, man, you're probably looking at a year, five years in jail. And then I leave there and I get 10 years in jail. I'm like, what the fuck? I got double than what he told me. But if I went there and the judge like, dude, you're looking at 20 years, man. 20 years. You're getting 20 years. And then I go in there and he's like, hey, we're going to give you 10 years. I'd I'd be celebrating that 10 years. It's all about that perspective of what you're gauging it with. So if you're going into something, I'm always like, I'm all about under promise and over deliver. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of like always been stuck in my head is under promise and over deliver. And when I was in sales, I was the same thing. And it was it, you had to do it that way. You, It's a lot easier to go down yeah. than go up. You yeah, know, if you walked in looking at a TV to buy and it's three hundred dollars, I can't be like, but bro, I got this three thousand dollar one right here. You're really going to like you like <laughs> fuck off. But if you look yeah. at the $3,000 one first, I can show you the $2,000 one that you're going to save a lot of money and still get great value. You're like, hell yeah. So yeah. it's easier to go down and not up. So the fact that the judge said that is awesome. And yeah. this will this will actually be out in December. So hopefully we'll have a resolution too right. by the time <laughs> yeah. this is out. Because um, when is your six months again? December 11th would be your December six? December 3rd. 3rd. Oh, okay. So... June 3rd. Okay. So yeah. 
I'll actually put this out then on the third for your six month anniversary to celebrate it. Okay, cool. <clears throat> this way you can, you know, get some of your story out there and you know, you're still, you know, younger in your sobriety and yes, that's I am. What kind of things <laughs> are you going to be doing like for the holidays this year sober? Cause like it's different being sober carrying children through the holidays because mm-hmm. your mind is on what's in your belly yeah <laughs> you know so what is your game plan for your first sober experience with thanksgiving and christmas and new years um well through this whole journey so far um my sister and i actually have built our bond because um when i was in active addiction i definitely wasn't talking to her or anybody (laughs) like in my family basically and um i'm going to be going out to california because uh we're from lakewood california so we're gonna go out there and see her grandparents and her in-laws or whatever so i'm gonna be with family so that's what's different about this time yeah and your family knows your position that you're not you know you don't drink or anything anymore and yeah do they know why? Because, like, being further away from family, sometimes it's easier to kind of shield them from... <laughs> like, the whole story? Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, her in-laws, they know they know exactly what went on, but her grandparents, um, not really, because they're so old. So, we don't that really makes sense. Like, stress them out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some things are best left unsaid, you know, especially yeah. <laughs> with grandparents. Yeah. Hey, I'm just glad you're doing it. And you're doing something. Celebrate Recovery sounds amazing. I'm glad you're also mixing in NA with it, too, to check that out. Yeah, you know. AA and NA are two of the things. Like, AA really helped me through my pregnancy. Oh, that's so you were I, you were going to those meetings then, huh? Yeah, during my okay. pregnancy. Yeah, that's what helped me do that, too. So did you have friends in sobriety then this time around when you were quitting from going to AA before when you were so, like, yeah, actually one of my ex drug dealers <laughs> is actually seven years clean and, um, him and one of my good friends, um, she, man, we were really good friends, like in addiction, but she's like over five years clean also. And they were both going to AA. But now my ex drug dealer goes to goes to the celebrate recovery, and that's how I found out that. And my friend, she goes to um, NA. So like, yeah. At least you got hard. yeah. That's that's and that's important too. Like to have any kind of support in what we're doing in recovery is important. Whether the support is virtual on TikTok or whether it's on Facebook or whether it's going to the rooms, you know, the traditional rooms, or whether it's going to the newer rooms, like Celebrate Recovery, or, you know, my Mm -hmm. place is kind of like that, you know, where it's newer, and it's kind of different, and it's kind of alternate, you know what I mean, alternative, because it's not following the mold as everybody else. And that's the point, is all of this, that's the point of this show, is to put out everyone's story, and how everyone's story is different, but the same. You know, we all struggle. We all had that same, you know, through line of trauma, grief, loss, all that shit, you know, through line of the solutions, the why we were drinking, the why we were using. 
And then we all have the different stories, though, of how we drank and how we used and how we self-medicated for years. Yeah, for sure. You know, and for you, it seemed like you were escaping with meth and drinking, right? You were drinking a lot. Uh, No, I wasn't really drinking. Um, It was more just weed and meth. (laughs) Okay. Well, you was Especially, like, as soon as I had my kids, like, I was already, like, you know, um, drifting off from that lifestyle. Cause as soon as I had my daughter, I got my own place and, um, I kind of moved myself away from the hood, <laughs> you know, that, that area. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. Well, either way you're doing it right, you know, yeah. and you're talking to people, you're talking, you have a sponsor. Do they have sponsors in Celebrate Recovery? Yes, they do. Um, they actually have the whole twelve step thing also. Okay. But, um, I have not started that yet. We're starting that in January. Oh, perfect! Right around six, seven months. Yeah. Awesome. So. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down thank with me today. Thank you for having me. Thank no problem so at all. Thank you all right. again so much thank for taking you. the time to sit down. Have a great day, Ro. All right. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye.